Welcome to Healing the Spirit, a space where we awaken our creativity, deepen our connections, and remember who we are through the lens of astrology, archetypes, and art making. I'm your host, Jonathan Coe. Hello everyone, welcome to Healing the Spirit and welcome to this episode. So this is um, a contemplation episode for the coming week of March 27, 2023. And if you found this episode way after the fact, then I recommend that you uh, consider the possibility that maybe there's something here for you. And I, as always, would encourage you to receive this information intuitively and also um, allow your internal gaze to be turned inward and to really feel into what information, what insights, feelings are really coming up for you in your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual body because that is likely to be the information that you're supposed to be working with this coming week. All right, so let's get to it. The astrology of the coming week um, is as such. On Tuesday, the 28th, Mercury in Aries will conjoin Jupiter, which is also in Aries. And then on Thursday, the 30th um, of March, Mars in Cancer will create a trine with Saturn in Pisces. And Venus will conjoin Uranus both in Taurus. And on Sunday, at the end of the week, April 2nd, Mars in Cancer will be sextiling North Node in Uranus. It's also worth mentioning, especially if you haven't been fully paying very close attention to astrology, that last week on Thursday, Pluto entered Aquarius after having been in Capricorn since 2008. And last Saturday, Mars entered Cancer after having been in Gemini for about seven months. So pretty big shifts were... Um, entering the picture last week and so overall i feel like this week is really about clearing the deck this week is really about metaphorically picking up empty bottles right from um the party when the party has ended and everybody has left to go home this is really a week where we're going to be doing a lot of uh collecting the bottles we are going to be cleaning the dishes right um it's really that moment after maybe performances where we break down the stage setup where we clean out the makeup where we take off uh the mask that we wore on stage um, and that now we're seeing our private selves, right? Maybe the parts of us that didn't have as much airtime out in the wild um, in front of everybody else for whatever reason. Processing um, is a really interesting thing, right? Because in my opinion, very eventful weeks such as um, last week, is they're not really necessarily the best times to try to process or to reflect, right? Not that we even had the time or the space to um, process, but often, even when we wanted to, it's like trying to analyze a movie 
while you're watching it, right? Like it takes away a little bit from the experience of being in it. And it can be really tempting to try to actively digest. And while this may be really great for some people's process, you know, maybe, you know, you pull out like a bunch of journaling prompts, you know, and try to understand what is happening in your life as it's, um, as it's unfolding, right? For some others, focusing so minutely on active processing while there's so many things going on, there are massive shifts happening, can be quite counterproductive, right? Because we're just working with the information that is now incoming and maybe affecting our reality in some very um, significant ways. And so I've been thinking a lot about this idea of processing as similar to how digestion really happens in the body, right? When we're digesting food, it's just kind of something that happens, right? Like I digest food when I'm uh, recording this podcast, when I am taking a shower, when I'm taking a nap, right? When I'm uh, on a work call, like basically digestion is something that happens as a reaction, right? Of having put things in your body um, and that digestion is just kind of part of living and that it is both... Um, you know, an expenditure of energy, right? And also kind of a, a diminishing of the supply of energy that you have somehow put into your body, right? And so I think it's interesting to think about this coming week as really not a time to be judging uh, whatever is coming up or to be thinking about how whatever is coming up is a reflection, right, of the truth of who we are, but instead can we maybe remember that what comes up is simply what needed to be cleared away? That whatever is coming up is really a reaction, right, from um, what we have been experiencing, and it's kind of the aftermath of that um, event, right? It's kind of making me think about how maybe if you've been out and about, if you've been at a party, or if you've been talking to a lot of people, you might find yourself, you know, when you are at a at a moment where you have the chance to come back home, where you are just with yourself, you might find that your um, mind is kind of constantly maybe playing back conversations that you've been having or maybe you keep seeing faces of the people that you've been encountering and how that's not really a reflection of you know you maybe having like a bad boundary right it's simply um, a natural byproduct of having been around people you know and maybe your brain is just kind of needing to unwind and needing to like settle down um, another example that's kind of coming to my mind is that if you've been busy all day long doing work, talking to people, you might find that when you sit down to meditate, right, your monkey mind is really wild. And um, something that I learned when I was doing um, transcendental meditation was this idea that everything that arises in the mind is just kind of stress release, right? And I think that's a really interesting way to look at it and a really maybe compassionate way of um, dealing with how our body and our minds and our emotions and our spirits are processing things in their own ways, right? And so I think that would be the first thing that I um, am thinking about with 
regards to this coming week because with such major astrological shifts, you may still be experiencing um, the shock of that a little bit, right? Or the shift from that. And so it feels really um, compassionate to give yourself a little bit of extra space to not really fully attach you know, deep meanings to whatever is coming up as you're processing that. And thinking about specifically um, the alignment between Mercury um, meeting up with Jupiter and Aries, right, and Mars in Cancer trining Saturn in Pisces, it's kind of making me think a lot about this idea of working with fire and water, right? Aries energy combined with Cancer and Pisces energy are really interesting because in the Wheel of the Zodiac, um, fire and water come after one another, right? So think about it in terms of after Pisces, right, comes Aries. After Cancer comes Leo. After Scorpio comes Sagittarius. So one way of thinking about the connection between fire and water in astrology is that one makes way for the other one, right? But that the collaboration between the two elements may feel a little bit more subconscious, a little bit more hidden, um, a little more mysterious, right? Or even maybe a little contentious um, in that mystery. This is in contrast, right, with um, elements that are able to see one another, elements that have um, kind of Ptolemaic or traditional aspect configuration with one another, right? For example, water and earth are always opposite one another, or fire and air are always opposite one another. And that gives them a little bit of extra clarity and definition, right? Water and fire produces steam. It produces, um, they produce condensation, right? Steam is able to clear up passageways, like for example, the nasal passages, um, with hot steam kind of rising up, we're often able to relax parts of our physical, our energetic body that have been locked in tension for some time. And at the same time, right, condensation, um, another version of steam, also causes some level of visual obscuration right? The inability for us to see something because our lenses, our windows are kind of clogged up, right? And so it's kind of really making me think about the temperance card, you know, in the tarot, right? So how the temperance card is really about mixing two elements and creating the alchemical uh, process, right, that facilitates that mixing. The creative process, the alchemical process is not linear, right? There's always some level of transmutation, some level of transformation, which leads to, um, which can lead to some confusion. You know, when we're shifting from one form to another, it can be quite um, challenging. It can be quite concerning. It can be quite mysterious. And so, um, yeah, so let's get into... Um, those are some of the overall things that I was really kind of feeling into for the coming week. And let's get um, a little deeper. Let's get into each of the um, actual configurations. So first, I'm really thinking about Mars um, in Cancer, trining Saturn in Pisces. And um, here are some of the questions for contemplations that I um, would like to share with you in case this resonates. What have I been forced to see or reflect on during this chapter of my life? 
What is my own life trying to show me about the relationship between my capacity and my desires? I personally love feeling into this configuration. When two malefics, right? So Mars and Saturn are both considered malefics in astrology. When two malefics try in one another, it can bring up some real intensity, right? But it's important to also remember that trines have this energy of um, collaboration and, and maybe like a natural affinity, right? So ultimately, even though whatever is coming up may be quite intense, it may really be um, something that is a bit of an awakening, right? Something that facilitates some level of growth, some level of uh, deeper alignment. I think it's really important to remember how the intention of the malefics, right, are not really to destroy or not to uh, take away from the pleasures of life, but rather to create um, pathways that make the pleasures, the joy, the expansion of life possible, right? So for example, think about Saturn. Saturn creates boundaries, right? But what are the deeper intention, right? Or um, the positive intention behind boundaries? It's to protect, right? Mars cuts and Mars severs. And without the proper kind of severing or cutting, you can't really facilitate a nutritive, uh, a truly um, beautiful, expansive kind of growth. So I'd like to share a little bit about um, some personal experiences that I've been moving through. And the reason why I'm sharing this is that I hope that um, some of this will be helpful for you in thinking about, um, you know, what have you been forced to maybe see or reflect on during this chapter of your life. Um, so some of you may know that recently I went back home to see my family in Jakarta, Indonesia. And um, part of the reason why I went home is because my two surviving grandparents haven't been doing super well um, health-wise. And as I'm home, my grandfather ended up passing away. It wasn't completely out of the blue, but it wasn't expected either. And so we were um, kind of put in this position of having to put together a funeral really quickly. Um, and it's interesting because I saw that my family had droves of relatives and friends and uh, people from their communities that came to um, pay homage to support them. And while I had a lot of support from people that I um, have cultivated deep relationships and connections with online through uh, my astrology studies or my training um, to be a healer, I didn't really have people locally anymore, I suppose. And this was kind of very Mars and Cancer for me because it felt a little tender and it's a little messy and I'm still even like thinking about it. You know, I'm still um, considering the ways that um, throughout the pandemic, because I haven't been home for so long that I've lost um, quite a bit of connections, quite a bit of friendships. And so um, part of that, you know, I'm sure have to do with me maybe not doing a fabulous job at um, necessarily keeping in touch with people. I'm a Pisces son, so I tend to be quite bad at responding to uh, people's messages or people reaching out. But also, 
some of it, you know, it would be naive for me to to consider that um, to not consider the fact that some of it also came from me starting to step into my astrology and my healing path publicly and talking about it publicly and that um, many people and many uh, friends or many acquaintances that I used to have around me had some sort of um, preconceived notions or assumptions about the kind of person who does astrology or healing work. And um, this really feels like a preview of Mars in Cancer, Trine Saturn in Pisces for me. One way to understand Mars in Cancer is to kind of look at the opposite placement, right? Which is Mars in Capricorn, not as a binary opposite, but as an infinity loop, right? So one way to think about the connection between Mars in Cancer and Mars in Capricorn is that the more you do Mars in Capricorn things, right? The more you will also start to see Mars in Cancer things kind of coming back your way and vice versa, right? And so as someone who has Mars in Capricorn natally, I have just found myself in the past couple of years really committing myself to my astrology studies and to my uh, to the various communities that I'm cultivating or that I'm a part of online that um, because I'm so I've been so driven with, you know, the idea of um, building my knowledge and cultivating my skill as an astrologer, I really am. I wouldn't say that I'm exactly immune to uh, noticing the impact that other people's thoughts and assumptions about me had on my life, right? But I think generally they just don't really enter my radar because I'm so busy doing the things that are necessary for my life and that I find inspiring and exciting, right? Mars and Capricorn, I think, can be quite good at getting things done by kind of maybe rising above the level of the sea, right? And rather than getting overwhelmed by the bobbing ocean, we can easily identify, um, you know, the top of the mountain and then climb it, right? But with Saturn being there in Pisces, the boundaries of those which we never thought had limitations really start to show up, right? So Pisces is really the sign, the landscape that is the ocean, right? Like there, it feels when we're in Piscean land that there are no borders until we hit a border, right? And in my case, realizing that many of these friendships from previous chapters of my life have totally not survived. <laughs> because I've been doing something that I truly, truly love. And maybe, you know, partially all my energy has just been put into it and put into the people that have um, shared similar interests with me, but also partially because there may have been assumptions about me and about the kind of things that I do now that um, are, you know, running in opposition with other people's beliefs, with other people's um, ideas about what is real or what is not real, what is valid and what is not valid, and that um, it has some real consequences, right, um, in my day-to-day -day reality. And this is not something that I've been aware of before because I've just been at home, you know, logging into Zoom <laughs> and like taking online classes teaching online classes, recording my podcasts, right? But now that I'm in this space where maybe 
um, I am connected with people who are not necessarily into um, the things that I'm into, that I really see that gap, you know. Mars and Saturn in water signs are related to the boundaries, right? The severing that we've had to do consciously or unconsciously in order to deepen our commitment to our dream world, right? To our emotional well-being. And whatever is coming up may be quite tender, especially as um, this... this um, trying right is perfecting but i think what's important to remember is that cultivating a certain level of emotional availability can be medicine right allowing your emotions to be out in the open to play a role in the grander scheme of things to start allowing even just the expression of those emotions right to rearrange your realities can be a really potent move and that sometimes we don't need to be doing something actively but we just need to be really honest with ourselves and to allow our our natural expressions to kind of spring forth right from that well of um yeah from everything that we're feeling as children our emotions are natural reactions right are often conditioned out of us think about how often babies cry think about how often babies laugh right and we've been taught that in order for us to be able to survive in this world we need to suppress those emotional reactions right in that sense mars and saturn i think are really so often co-opted by empire by um, normative ways of being right but that doesn't have to be the case, right? That maybe we can um, consider what are some of the ways, especially with Mars and Cancer being fallen, right? What are some of the ways that we can allow our natural reactions to come forth, right? In that kind of Martian way, spontaneous way that shows us the boundaries of our reality so that we can recalibrate to those new boundaries. And to that end, I think it's really interesting to be thinking about how this transit is related to Mercury um, joining up with Jupiter in Aries, right? Some of the questions that I have to share with you as points of contemplation are, where might you be benefiting from clarifying your intentions? And how might the act of clearly stating your intentions assist you in um, taking aligned actions. So this is an interesting point in the Jupiter and Aries transit because we're approximately at the halfway point of Jupiter's current adventure in the land of Aries, right? And um, the last episode that I share was with my friend uh, Shahir. And one thing that Shahir said during the conversation is that Jupiter and Aries can look like acting first and then thinking later, right? And so it feels to me like this journey of Jupiter and Aries has been a lot of trials by fire, right? Testing out the waters by jumping in first or kind of maybe interrupting mid-sentence, right? Starting a novel, 
in the middle of an action unfolding. And Mercury is a psychopomp, right? Mercury is the one that traverses multiple realms without necessarily having to pay a price. And so Mercury meeting up with Jupiter can give name, can give mental scaffolding on what it is that we've been doing. You know, so maybe revisiting our intentions can be really helpful at this time. Uh, reflecting on the experience that we've been having since Jupiter entered Aries can be really interesting because um, my suggestion here is to not just think about what conscious intentions you have, but to think about the energy, right? Um, that we've been experiencing with this Jupiter and Aries. Like when you think about your intention, right with this particular transit or your intention with deepening a certain kind of relationship with this particular archetype jupiter and aries right what does that energy look like you know what does that energy feel like describe it in images describe it in colors in feelings right and see if where you currently are with the part of you that's aries right the part of your life that's aries how is this coming along how are you um, moving through this? How aligned are your actions with your intentions? I should also mention that Mercury and Jupiter, right, at this time, both answer to Mars and Cancer. So this can also look like protecting the tender parts of us, right? That maybe what looks like aligned actions are actually defense mechanisms. And so really allowing yourself to honestly assess that, right? It's possible that through the act of clarifying your intention, you can really start to feel into whether these learned defense mechanisms are aligned with that intention, right? And if it's not aligned, maybe it's a good time to redirect some of these um, actions, right? Maybe thinking about like, what is the underlying um, desire behind this action? And Venus meeting up with uh, Uranus and Taurus, I think can also be really powerful because Venus is at, is at home, right? In Taurus. And so really tuning into our body and really tuning into our physical body intelligence can really help us discern whether our actions are truly aligned actions or whether they are simply um, things that we need to protect ourselves and there's no shame at all in protecting yourself but it's good to know right and so yeah those are some of the things that i am inviting you to contemplate this coming week um, i hope that you have a good week that this week um, will feel like you can resource yourself I think this idea of resourcing the self, especially as we are processing, feels really important. It's kind of making me think about how, you know, after we eat a big meal, sometimes the best thing to do is to chill, right? Like maybe in front of TV or maybe um, by taking a walk, you know, and just letting our digestion happen naturally, right? I think it's really important to get, kind of give our bodies um, our physical, our emotional, mental, spiritual bodies, a little bit of extra space this week to, um, yeah, to just kind of feel into what is what has been coming up for you and to maybe take it um, easy. 
All right, that's it by way of contemplation. I hope that you've enjoyed this. I hope that it's making you think of um, some things that um, feel helpful, that feel supportive to you, that feel like they're illuminating some aspects of your life, of your existence, that, um, yeah, that can be helpful to you. All right, if you have been enjoying these contemplations, I would absolutely adore and appreciate you if you could leave a review um, they don't have to be long they can be three four sentences but they really really help in um, helping others you know allowing others to find this podcast and this work so if you've been resonating with it i would love to receive your support in that way all right i hope you take good care of yourselves and i'm sending you so much love thank you so much for listening 